0: Okay, this is going to be kind of a different podcast, guys. It's uh, we have a YouTube series going on right now, a DIY YouTube series. It's about a six-part video series, isn't it? Yeah, about awesome? six. Yeah, yeah, six videos. And um, anyway, we cover all sorts of gamuts from just getting your tags clear up until putting your meat in the freezer. Pretty much the the one to a hundred, how to go out and shoot an elk.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's basically elk hunting. You know. Elementary school, if El- you will. elementary elk hunting. Yes. Yes, um, but everything from you know video one. If you're listening to this, you're you probably listened to video one already. This is video two, and then we'll be having three, four, five, and six coming on the way,
0: and and you can find all those on our YouTube series. Just yes. go to Born and Raised Outdoors on our YouTube channel, and um, all those will be all those will be right there, ready for you. And you can find this podcast on there. So I just listened to it later on, and I thought you know that would be some useful information for a lot of people. Hopefully um that just you know driving to work in your car it's uh we're gonna cover everything gear related and i'm not saying everything uh from start to finish but i was just we covered the things that were really pertinent to us that uh, a lot of things that we just don't like to do without at all on the um on the idea of gear so anyway hope you guys like this podcast and uh please leave a comment below if you do that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, we're going to keep bringing these at just Yeah.
1: And just real quick, like what they can find on like each of the videos is like one's talking about units specifically. And if you go to the YouTube channel, you can actually see us dive in through Go Hunt and break down the things that were the tabs for clicking on to select a unit as well as Onyx, the sponsor of this Absolutely. podcast and us breaking down how we find areas within those units via Onyx. So there's a lot of valuable information there. Um, you guys should definitely check out on the YouTube channel
0: thank you guys and I hope you enjoy
2: welcome to the born and raised audio experience presented by onyx
1: Last video we kind of talked about all the western states what we did during land of the free and land of the free 2.0 and it kind of gave this broad picture we're gonna kind of narrow in now and, and kind of refine that scope about a single state so so what it's gonna be is just
0: taking that taking that person whoever from over west from back east and narrowing them down to saying okay I have the confidence that I want to go here that's what we brought Steve Reno in for
1: yeah so we kind of narrowed that into Colorado because it's over the counter, it's unlimited, you can show up at most elk.
0: It yes, does have most, the highest build. Most, <laughs> most elk.
1: Yep. You can go into pretty much any Walmart in the state and buy a tag and go hunting that same day or the next morning. We're gonna break that down kind of into hunt styles and how you can truck camp it and, and so on. So Steve, you wanna start it off, like what there is for elk hunting opportunities and how the style of camp and hunt if you're looking at a state like colorado
2: the amount of opportunities there as far as for over the counter is like cody said going into just walmart picking up a tag probably 75 percent if not more of that state is open for over-the-counter hunting archery not i'm not so much rifle i don't think but since archery is mainly our yeah, big yep, thing that's where we're
0: headed that's the lane uh, we're headed down
2: so that really opens the boundaries for whether you want to try backpacking or if you would rather day hunt have a base camp hunt in the mornings hunt in the evenings it just really depends on you know
0: your limitations yeah exactly yeah Yeah, Yeah. no. And that's that's I I think that's kind of what we're going through in this whole series is everybody's different. Everybody's different. Sometimes I got the canvas cutter sitting over here. Some guys, they're gonna wanna bibby hunt. The best hunters that I've ever hunted with, you guys have seen it in previous videos, they don't backpack hunt. No, they don't. They don't do DIY. They go back to their trucks every single night and they are successful every single year. So you don't have to be that guy that goes in five miles, 12 miles, however far, Um, and we've learned that in the last uh, probably two years.
1: Yes, we kind of break it down. So first off, probably the the easiest, most common way people are going elk hunting, they've got a base camp, truck camp setup. So some guys will be a little bit more mobile, but you've got a big dome tent or a wall tent, or you can drag a camper out or an RV, anything like that. And you're set up in a spot and you're gonna basically use your truck to be the mobile unit, instead of hiking from trailheads, you're going to drive and uh, hunt, hunt from there. So it's it's a great way to attack a place that's got a lot of high uh, densities and roads where you know you can't necessarily you don't have much advantage if you're going to backpack in and stay overnight. Um, the other way that what we've done a lot is bicycle hunting. Not a lot in the nearest
0: pass. Right, no. but
1: yeah, but we used to do it all lot. of the time. And you can do time. that from a base camp. And so what you can do is take your bike and a lot of these places have uh, gates on roads or, or old closed roads and then you can access these roads via via mountain bike. And it's a great opportunity to cover a lot of ground do the cat road shuffle from the bike. Very effective way to hunt. Yeah, very effective effective way. You get behind
0: any gate, and if you get that silent road, you know, silent zone where you're biking instead of traveling in a pickup, bulls will bugle a lot more.
1: Yep, and then another common one from from a base camp is guys on ATVs, and using ATVs to travel the road systems and some trail systems. um, The biggest thing is to check your regulations. Yes, for uh, sure what's legal because some of them are legal for a certain width in you know so side by side's is illegal but a four-wheeler or motorcycle is legal um, but but it's a very common way to access some remote country is using atvs or motorcycles um, so that's that's another way and if you use. go to
0: the next level it would be like a drop camp so yeah. you you get an outfitter or something to take you into a drop camp but the whole thing that that i would like to say about a drop camp is and i have a short story about my dad he got dropped into a spot actually in oregon uh years and years and years ago and he was they dropped him but there was elk like six miles away so every day he would go outside of that drop camp which was a big wall tent it was really nice plush uh dinners at night but he would have to hike six miles to go Get on elk every single day and then come back every single night. So the the thing that we push, I guess, more than anything, is being super mobile.
1: Yep. And
0: yeah. that that kind of a hunt is definitely obtainable. It's uh, going to be a little bit more money, but if you want to do a little bit more research, I think. Yeah. And kind of get dialed in a little bit more and stay mobile. I think I think you'll find that you'll have way more opportunities.
2: Well, my very first out of state hunt was a drop camp. Yeah. And so. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And that was in Wyoming. That was a long 2009, time ago. No, I think it was 2002. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was quite a few years ago. And <sighs> Steve's not that old. Weather can be a huge factor, and yeah. like you were saying, yeah. the weather had moved in. The elk were actually kind of moving towards their wintering range. Yeah. So instead of hunting one or two miles, we were having to travel six, seven miles a day, and that can put a lot of fatigue into certain people. So it's. Something you kind of gotta,
0: and that's what we'll touch on in, in various videos. Like in our gear video, we're gonna touch on you know what it takes, what you need to actually be comfortable in the backcountry, and yeah. and man, and when you're working that hard to go get that elk. Yep. it's tough man yep.
1: it's tough and then sick, i would yeah. say one big advantage that a truck camp has is the ability to be mobile and you can hunt different drainages every day you can yeah. hunt totally different mountain ranges you have the uh, ability where you don't have your camp on your back and you're not locked into whatever you can walk by foot so you can be a little bit more uh spur of the moment based on what pressure what you're seeing from people Absolutely. and, and kind of project yourself into new country every day and uh, you just never know what's going to happen there. So a base camp can be a very, very effective way of hunting. So um, the one thing that we want to touch on is we'll cover on backpack hunting, but physical fitness. Um, I think a lot of people put a lot of emphasis in it, and you don't have to be the strongest, fastest guy on the mountain to say that to be. I think social media. Healthcare. I
0: think social media has done that to yeah. us. Yeah. I think they think that you have to be, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger to go hunt an elk and you do not no, you do yeah, you not, do not. Yeah. you do not it's it's uh we've learned it more times than not it's right here the it's brain a,
2: is a very powerful thing oh it's a thousand
1: percent it's, it's amazing the body will endure a lot the mind can make or break people yes. and yes. having that mental strength um, is definitely going to lead people to more success than being the brawn of it you guys have jobs for one you yep. guys have kids for two, you
0: guys have obligations. You guys, you don't train all season. A lot of people don't train all season to go do this and you could still do it. I promise you, you can still do it. It's just know your limitations and know where you're at as far as your hunting style and what you wanna do and you could you could do this.
1: Yep. The last <laughs> that we, we wanted to kind of cover is backpack hunting and uh, what that entails. It's our preferred method, but definitely not the only way that we've ever elk hunted, and or um, I know this year there's definitely going to be some base camp hunts. So, backpack hunting. Steve is one of the I would say toughest guys on the mountain, and's kind of been there and and uh, I'm like what your take is on backpack hunting.
2: Um, Probably the biggest benefit I think for backpack hunting, which there's two styles we've done. There's spike, and then there's right. like just a bivy where you're just hunting with camp on your back, off your back.
1: Um Spike Camp. What's a Spike Camp? Yeah. Spike
2: Camp for us has been where we've we've loaded up <laughs> s- The Big Dog. That, that's on the way to Spike Camp. Yeah. You can pack this in anywhere. <laughs> I thought about it a couple times. <laughs> um but no for us, Spike Camp has always been really that seven to ten day where we load up a lot of gear and we haul it all in and we find a really cool spot which we found over the years a really cool spot to just have a nice little spike camp where we've hunted from right came back at night
0: and that was so much easier when we had the bikes. When, when when we did the bicycles
1: oh yeah i mean like yeah for sure so uh, much easier. Yeah.
2: but it was it was fun to spike camp because we would all meet back up at night yeah and we would split up during the day yeah. and meet back and be able to tell stories and it was effective for us but then we started getting into the more bivvy style where we're hunting with camp on our back four four or five days at a time you know roughly mm-hmm. and that has become very productive for us as far as we're chasing the elk we're following the elk we're staying with the elk i enjoy that more do you i, I really do it the downfall is is we don't all to get to meet up at night yeah, yeah we're yeah. the whole group's not together it takes four or five days hopefully we meet back up we're telling stories but the last few years that we've done that hard, it's been,
1: I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's yeah. just kind of what I like to do. But.
0: No, I would agree, Cody.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's advantages, like if you're in a spike camp and you're in the zone and the elk are all around you and you've got multiple ridges to hunt, it's a really effective way. Um, the biggest drawback is if you push the elk and you're having to travel a long ways yeah. from camp to get to start hunting, um it can make for long long days days the advantage you're not packing Mm -hmm. that 35 40 pounds on your back the whole time you're just a lighter day pack so there's definitely some advantages there yeah bivy hunting is nice because it's like wherever you end up you throw your stuff on the ground call it a night wake up the next morning and you're in the midst of it so i think the biggest thing that like to
0: tie it all together in the end is is communication.
1: Yeah. yeah. It is
0: the communication. So we use the in reach and we've showed this on various different different um, different episodes that we've done but like if someone kills something we all try to go and glob onto okay let's just pack this thing out let's get this done for you. So communication between groups cuz a lot of times we split up yeah. and versus, you know, two different teams and all that stuff is is having that communication is key too. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. So. All right, so we're gonna break it down and go through units. And what, like we <laughs> talked about earlier, we're gonna pick Colorado as a state because we're gonna hunt a new unit this year. Kind of go through the process, how we narrow it down to a cluster of units and then kind of roll from there. Our biggest tool that we use um, has been GoHunt and what we we basically kind of filter it down from what we want Things to look at. Steve, you want to kind of touch on that and I'll basically fill us in here. We're going to pick out archery elk. Over the counter, yep. Over the counter.
2: And then we're usually always looking for a unit that's at least 50% public land. Yeah. I mean, just to make it easier 50. for access. And then harvest success. Um, you know, a lot of people, they want to shoot that needle as far as they can to hundred percent. But for us, you know, we've, we've hunted units that have been less than 10 percent harvest but we've had a hundred percent opportunities mm-hmm. so you don't always have to go with a super high harvest success rate and especially on over-the-counter your harvest success
1: rate's not going to be super high probably Yep. so so we'll put it at seven yeah. percent is kind of our baseline and then as we start looking through here um the next number Bull to cow, talk about bull to cow.
0: Bull to cow, we we leverage pretty high on that, I yeah. think, as far as we're not looking for a trophy. I mean, no. but in every unit, that's the whole thing that you gotta understand is there is a trophy in every single unit. The herd bull could be a 400 inch bull. It could be, it could in, be. In, a, in a unit that they say that, oh, it doesn't, you know, there's not that many trophy, trophy bulls, but there's a high opportunity of bulls. That's what we go for. Yeah
1: yep and, and we've been
0: very fortunate yep. in what we've i mean we've killed a lot of big bulls as well and in high bull to cow ratio yeah
2: and in part to that you know in the past talking with biologists yep. in other states and including
0: colorado talk about, talk about that a little bit steve <clears throat> what's um, your what do you go through like when you draw a tag what do you go through from start to finish
2: well once once i'm done doing my research i pick the unit i want to hunt apply for the draw and in the In between applying and waiting for the results to come out, that's usually when I'll try to do as much research as possible. And that's when I usually try to contact biologists or even game wardens in the region that I'm looking to hunt. And, you know, in the past, I've called and talked to biologists and they've told me, you know, okay, you know, I just ask them what their average bull is, you know, because we're not trophy hunters, but, you know, we still want to be able to hunt a unit that there is a potential to kill a great bull. you know, and I've talked to biologists and they've told me, you know, our average bulls are that five point, you know, just a nice average five point. We've mm. gone in, yeah, I'm all in, all in um, But we've gone into some of these units and lo and behold, we found yep. giants. Yep. And so you can't always just go off what they say because you don't know how far they're Colorado
1: five point. Yeah, you, know, you don't yes. know uh, yeah.
2: how far they're getting from a road, how, how they're doing their studies. You know, we don't know that for those areas. So you kind of got to go in open-minded. Yeah, uh, that's really what I mean. Cody
0: me. killed a 364-inch bull. And we were in a, yeah, we we were were a, a five-point average and unit. And we were in a five-point average unit, yeah. and he killed a 364 yeah. bull. So uh, it's, yeah, don't always believe exactly, you know, what you read as far as that goes. Yeah. So go for opportunity. <laughs>
1: yeah so uh diving in here so unit 37 on go hunt um if you guys want to stop right now follow along you can get a free trial to go hunts 30 days does not cost you anything you can plan next year's hunt or this year's hunt uh just go to gohunt.com forward slash bro and you can follow along step by step so just pause this video hit the link below for free for free for so free. um this one right here trophy potential <laughs> 300 bold a <of> cow 42 42- <laughs> 100 with 74 percent public land which is good it, which is that's a uh, great like, bull to count yeah down. overall this was the number one out of basically filtering with that 50 public land and seven percent or higher in uh so there's 74 percent public land elevation range from 7400 to 14,000. Whoo! alpine Perfect. tundra lush open parks Perfect. spruce and fir aspen groves um looking at some of the photos here so it breaks it down to photos it breaks it down to weather um
0: what the weather's been like in the projected for the last what how many years i can't
1: that's a ski hill looks like
0: we're definitely not doing that yeah um yeah it projects it projects all that stuff that goes into this moon phases all that kind of stuff
1: yeah so we can go let's see in september oh good Full moon, just like pretty much through the middle of September. That's Perfect. what we want. <laughs> That's what we want. Um, anyways, the the next thing what we're gonna look at um, for me is gonna be uh, some of that success and then trending uh, tag and how many hunters are in the area. That's what I was just yeah. gonna touch on with yeah. so the hunters in the area. The uh, in 2014 there was a big jump in 2015 and then it's been pretty constant. 900 hunters in that unit. So. Nine ten, 2017 so it's on the high side for what uh we've seen in previous other units so that's definitely like a lot of the other units are four to five hundred so it's almost twice so what you Uh, i I would think that you would want to look at something like that
2: and decide if you don't mind hunting around a lot of people you know that's uh, that's definitely a unit for you but for some people, they want to be around less people, yep. so they're willing to take the risk of not having quite as high of a bull to cow ratio. Um, you to know, be secluded. terrain and so, yeah, just to, yeah, maybe, you know, some people like to hunt more secluded by themselves, and yeah. so that's another option to look at. The
1: other thing that's gonna uh, in Colorado muzzleloader season goes on this year from September 14th through the 22nd, yeah. so they have. Uh, 325 resident tags and about hundred and sixty non-resident and they show some pretty good success rates Uh, last year was up to twenty percent so definitely things to look at outside when you go to colorado muzzleloader season usually like it's the second saturday in september is when that opens so it's it's a thing to look for um for me this this unit is a little too high in pressure. There's a lot of people in there. Um, So we'll go back real quick and look to see what else.
0: (laughs) But as Cody's going back, last year, I mean, every day we ran into people. Every Mm -hmm. single day. We did. But at the same time, we ran into opportunities almost every single day we did yeah almost every single day so you know don't always let the people justify what you do yes go and hunt yourself hunt the way that you want to hunt and and go about it the way that you want to do it
1: yeah so there's another unit here that had really high uh let's see here there's uh, 25 to 100, so one and four, that's a really solid. That's still good, um, that's a lot. Harvest success has been 10, 12, dipped down to five, six, and seven. Um, hunter numbers, 341, 264, 262, 310, and 316. So the trending, that's a third of what that yeah. last unit was. Um, and I would say that this is definitely more something you wanna look at. Yep. Um, and then same with muzzleloader hunters, 115 and 63. So they have a lot Lot lower, um, muzzleloader hunters. So that's, uh, so if we are going to start here, I would say this unit is in the top, uh, prospect. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, that's something that we'd look at pretty hard to. So now that we have a unit picked, where do you, um, if, if you're not like sold locked in, what's the next step for you?
2: I I usually always try to have at least two or three, especially like a state like Colorado, look at like two or three different units, you know, in case if, to have a backup plan. Mm -hmm. So in case if you're, you go into one spot, you know, and try to have them where it's not too far from each other, so you're not having to travel, waste a lot of your hunt, because some guys may only have a week, they might not have two or three weeks to hunt, so. I would recommend picking a few locations, other units close to that, to where if you're running into people or too many people that you just, you don't feel comfortable that maybe you could bounce to another close unit and, and, uh, you know, try that area out. I mean, that's what's great about Colorado is there's so much area that you can
0: hunt. So when you get that narrowed down, like the three different, say, say two to three different units, where do you go next?
2: Well, so yeah, if you were going to research those other two or three units, you would just Look for the nearest fish and game department because that's where you're gonna find the biologists and and you can click all that online and it'll pop up the nearest ranger station, which it may be, depending on what state you're in, or it may be a local fish and game department office. Or they, and then once you contact them, they might get get you in touch with a local game warden. It just depends on what area, what units you're hunting by.
1: And a lot of this too, I want to preface is like deciding what style of hunt is going to kind of dictate yeah. how those access points are and what you want out of the hunt. So if you want a backpack hunt, this particular unit does not have a wilderness area. So it's going to be more prone where it's a day hunt access. You, you can stick and move from a base camp and cover a bunch of ground and necessarily you don't have to backpack hunt. Because one thing we want to reiterate, not every bull is killed in the backcountry. No. And I would say a vast majority are not, yep. so.
0: I would say a vast majority are killed within a mile of the road. Yeah. And yes. that's where we, I think in the past, we have, you've seen if you watch some of our earlier stuff, we've gone a long ways in the backcountry. And done those bivy camp hunts, and which are fun as heck. I mean, we have a blast doing them, but if you notice in the last two years, we're pretty much staying within that one to three miles, um, I would say something like that one to three miles from a road, and because it gives us the chance to be so much more mobile. And if when we do kill something, it gives us you know, it's faster pack out, it's yeah. faster everything.
1: Yep, so. so that pretty much wraps up video number two. We, we, uh, we Talked about styles of hunt we're going to pick a backpack style hunt we're going to pick a new unit we picked it in colorado um, upcoming next is going to basically be broke down now that we have a unit um, what tools do we do to e-scout and kind of start dialing in where exactly we're going to go on our hunt um, if you guys have been following along thank you so much uh, another video is coming up here in a couple days so stay tuned for that and we like I said kind of e-scouting the whole basis of where you're going to go once you pick a unit.